Welcome to Got You Covered, presented by Hickok and Boardman Insurance Group, the podcast where we unpack the countless ways in which insurance affects our lives, and so you can properly manage your unique risk. everybody welcome back to another episode of got you covered presented by hickok and boardman insurance group i'm your host ryan lee a client advisor with the firm and today we are talking about probably one of the most broad but also the most important topic uh, about safety in the workplace it's the safety culture of your organization it's one of those things that everybody says yeah we've got a good safety culture but do you really There's a lot of elements that go into having a really strong safety culture, making sure you have buy-in from everybody. And today, uh, I brought on a very special guest, a good friend of mine, and a loss prevention advisor with Hickok and Boardman Risk Management. Uh, His name's Casey McLean. He's a certified safety professional. And Casey, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you very much. Glad to be here. Absolutely, man. So before we get into the nitty-gritty on safety culture... Uh, why don't you uh, tell everybody just very briefly about an overview of your role here with Hickok and Boardman? Sure. So uh, what we do as our uh, risk advisors, we usually work with our clients, uh, helping them to understand some of the safety risks that they may face uh, in a regular workday. Uh, we do some mock inspections. We'll help them with their written program development. Uh, we can go into their sites, do site visitations, and just help them identify some of the risks and hazards their employees uh, may face. I love that. And honestly, man, it's it's great having you and the rest of the risk management team uh, on our team because that's just been such a key differentiator for us. So how did you stumble into the insurance world? I'm curious. <laughs> Uh, well, l- like most of the things that have happened to me professionally, I've kind of stumbled into most of my uh, careers. Uh, I accidentally kind of fell into the health and safety field uh, with my last employer. Uh, I'd started as a supervisor on a production floor, uh, and the former EHS supervisor or manager for the uh, the plant ended up leaving, and I'd kind of helped fill in and back him up while, while I was in the supervisor role. So when that role came open, they asked me if I'd be interested, and I jumped into it uh, and kind of got thrown to the sharks in that field uh, and really kind of found out that I had a, a real strong passion for it. Um, after being there for several years, uh, you know, having known you, yeah. uh, this position actually came open, and uh, the HR department from Hickok and Boardman reached out and said, hey, you know, would you be interested in this role? Uh, and I said, yeah, you know, I, I might want to talk about that. So I uh, found out a little more about it uh, and realized that it really – this, this role kind of focused on my passions in health and safety, which is really that uh, identification and development process uh, versus more of the maintenance side of the mm-hmm. health and safety where it's, you know, you're filing documents and making, yep. making sure things are filled out. Um, so, you know, I jumped on the, on the opportunity and now uh, here I am and really enjoy what I'm doing. That's awesome. Well, we're glad to have you, man. You're, you're an excellent teammate. And as we talk about safety culture today, I mean, that's really, that's where you and your team comes in. I mean, um, without, you know, proactive approach to safety, 
a company can fall behind really quick. Mm-hmm. And part of that is establishing a really strong safety culture. And there's a lot of components to that. Um, let's just go through a few of them. Cause I know you and I could probably talk for an entire day about safety culture. And I'm sure you could even go on further with all the knowledge and experience you have on this subject. But what are some of the few keys for a company to be thinking about or implementing when they want to implement a true uh, positive safety culture? Yeah, so I think a lot of places, um, you know, there's always been a focus in safety on trying to develop a, you know, a a bottom-up safety approach where you really kind of drive the employees to be the leaders in safety. Uh, The problem with that is that when in a safety culture, you really have to have that commitment from leadership. So if you don't have that commitment at the management and ownership levels, uh, you're going to run into an immediate roadblock there because those employees are going to see that there really isn't that support in place uh, for them to focus on safety. So really, that's kind of where you start. You know, you want to make sure that you have that support system in place so that you can encourage your employees to be able to participate in the safety activities, be proactive, and see the results of their activity. Yeah. So if you don't have that commitment at the beginning, you're pretty much you're, you're at a dead end to start with. I see a lot of that, um, you know, both both sides of the spectrum um, when I'm looking at the insurance side and the insurance relationship with underwriters. You know, they want to see that also. And that can really improve a company's risk profile. And it always works out better when you can see the leadership buy-in. Yeah, absolutely. What else? Um, yeah, so a lot of places too. Uh, one of the big things that most companies look at is that compliance side. So what you really want to do is avoid having you know OSHA or some other agency come in uh, and start finding you for any of those issues that you may have in place or that you haven't identified. Um, but compliance isn't shouldn't be the end goal. Compliance really is the first step in a safety culture. Um, you know what you want to do is make sure that you have all those programs in place and you have your people educated to know how to follow those programs uh, so that you reach that compliance level. Culture is something that's going to come after that. So culture isn't going to develop as a result of compliance. Culture is going to be developed on a, a foundation of compliance. So if you talk to anybody from OSHA, they're going to tell you if your company is compliant, you have a passing grade. You've got a D. <laughs> That's what you got. So if you're hitting the compliance measurements, OSHA's standards are really the baseline. They're saying this is the minimum that you have to do. So if you're at a compliance level, that's great, and you want to be there. However, it's not going to help you move forward. It's not going to help you really reduce those risks. All it's doing is it's making sure that hopefully somebody won't be killed or severely injured at your site. I think about our previous episode with uh, Jen and Lindsay talking about the experience mod, and she made a similar comment. When, you, when your experience mod is exactly one, perfectly average, good. You, you, mm-hmm. you just bear, you're passing. Yeah. But that you're not you're not doing well. Like maybe you could do worse, but there's a lot more opportunity here. So I like yeah. the way you phrase that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, what, and, yeah. What else? What else is there? I'm sure there's a bunch of other points as oh, well. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, a, a big part of this too. You know, people talk about proactive safety, and really that should be one of the goals you start looking for uh, as one of your the, the lower levels to hit. Um, you want to make sure that you're trying to just identify hazards before something occurs. So, you know, you've got hazard IDs, near misses, and incidents. 
you want to be identifying a ton of hazard IDs, you're still going to have a couple of near misses, and you really want to try and do this for an avoidance for those incidents. Uh, if you can identify and have your people trained to see those hazards before something occurs uh, and how to not just recognize them, but also to be able to provide that feedback on how to get them corrected, uh, that's key. So you want to make sure you're training people not just on how to identify them, but also utilizing their knowledge and their experience to help identify the mitigation. Uh, that's going to help get their buy-in because they understand they have some kind of ownership for those safety issues. Uh, but it also helps to, um, you know, it, it's going to drive those solutions to be something that's effective and something that they're going to use. Hmm. You know, if you try and engineer every single solution, a lot of times you're going to run into obstacles because the people are just going to find workarounds to not use that mm -hmm. engineered solution that's now created more work for them. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if they find a faster, better way to do a job uh, that's safe and effective, then that should probably become the standard way to do that job. It shouldn't be that they get taken to task because they're, do, they're not following this written standard work that was developed by somebody who may never have done that job mm -hmm. before. Mm -hmm. uh, so you really want to encourage them to identify it and also provide that feedback on how to mitigate it. Talk to me about accountability. I assume that's a, a real challenge when um, companies are trying to establish a strong safety culture. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, what you'll find a lot of times is, you know, you might have a supervisor uh, who's on the production floor and they've got the guys that they've been working with for years uh, that they know really well and they're buddies with, uh, you know, and they do something wrong and, you know, they just kind of get the uh, under the table approach of, hey, man, you just you can't do that. And then you might have the new employee who's new to the team. No one really knows them. Mm -hmm. They could do the same exact thing and they're getting written up. Uh, those employees are going to see that. Yeah, you know, people aren't idiots. They're gonna they're gonna recognize that there's favorites being played. Uh, so you really want to make sure that you have an accountability system that's fairly implemented across the entire organization, mm -hmm. and that goes from your newest person on the production floor to the owner of the company. You know, if if you commit a safety violation or you do something wrong, um, you need to make sure that you have that corrective action taken, no matter who it is. Um, you also want to make sure you're not looking at blaming somebody for everything that happens. You know, you want to look for those root cause issues. You know, is that person doing that because they weren't trained? Uh, are they doing it because they didn't have anybody supervising them doing that task that they should have been? Uh, you want to look for those root causes and really understand those uh, versus automatically defaulting to the personal accountability and blaming a person. Um, but when it is something where a person's involved and they've chosen to put themselves at risk or put the uh, equipment or machinery or your, your property at risk, you want to make sure that that corrective action is fairly implemented no matter who they are, uh, how long they've been there, and what level of the organization they're at. One of the top questions I almost always get from the insurance and underwriting marketing side of this business is, um, do they have a safety committee? <laughs> How, what's tell me about safety committee that's got to be a piece of this yeah so i think the safety committee is definitely a key part of this uh you you want to have that committee exist and you want to have them be functional um, but you also want to make sure that they also have the power to uh, act and react and participate in the programs uh, so having a safety committee for the sake of being able to keep minutes and file those and say yep we have a safety committee and they meet once a month and they talk about safety problems and safety issues, uh, that's great, but are they actually being 
uh, you know, is their feedback being effectively implemented or do they exist for the sake of existing? Uh, you want to make sure that you have a team that is engaged uh, and that they're, they're able to make decisions that they can provide to leadership and that leadership can implement those decisions. Um, you know, a lot of places that's, that's, it's a checkbox to mark off that we have a safety committee mm -hmm. uh, and they meet. And again, that's hitting that compliance thing. Mm -hmm. uh, we want to look, you want to look beyond that and really have that be a functional group. Uh, and you want to have that driven by the employees. Uh, you know, a lot of places they'll have a safety committee and the, uh, the safety leader, the health and safety leader is the person who leads that group. Uh, they should be a consultant to that group, but your leader should really be somebody that's a, a frontline leader on the production floor or even a production operator, somebody that works out there. Uh, you want them to kind of empower them to be that um, liaison between your, your workforce and management. Uh, mm -hmm. You don't want it to be a, a, another management group that, you know, the employees are going to provide feedback to the health yeah. and safety leader, and then they take it and they might do something with it. They might not. You never know. Yeah. Seems like that, that is a big piece to this is, is creating a, an environment where employees feel comfortable sharing their own findings or concerns about safety. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and a big part of that too, is having that, um, you know, you have that communication that goes up the chain. You also want to make sure you have that communication that goes back down the chain. Uh, a lot of places don't really close that loop of mm -hmm. communication. So a lot of times what you'll get is you may have an employee that's excellent at finding hazards and reporting them. Um, but you'll find that over the course of time, they may start not reporting as much or not finding as many things. Well, often that's because they're not getting feedback on what they reported. Mm -hmm. So those things may be getting fixed. You may have a great maintenance team that goes out and corrects all of those issues that get submitted. Um, but that employee who's been getting those submitted never gets that feedback to say, hey, just so you know, we fixed this issue. Go take a look and tell us what you think. Is that fixing the problem or do we need to do something more? Um, and if you, if you lose that engagement because we're not communicating it effectively back down, uh, you're going to find them that they just, they stop participating and that engagement disappears. Talk to me about rewards and recognition and incentive programs. I've heard, I've heard people make arguments in favor or against them. I'm sure there's a lot of nuance and I'm sure it's unique for every business, but tell me how you see that fitting into safety culture. Yeah, so there, there's a couple things that I always look at with uh, with rewards and recognition. Uh, pretty common a lot of places. What they recognize is they will work with their team and say, hey, if we don't have any injuries for six months, we're going to have a pizza party. Uh, all you're doing in that situation is deterring people from reporting things that happen. Uh, so really, you're just kind of tying your hands behind your back by implementing a reward system based on any kind of reactive issues. So if you're looking at reductions and in incidents, things like that, uh, as your measure, you're really not helping yourself out because all you're doing is you're encouraging people to not report things. Uh, really what you wanna do is focus more on the proactive side as far as rewards go. So the hazard recognition, um, you know, are, are employees speaking to, say, talking in safety huddles? You know, when you have a safety huddle, you have, do you have employees talking about what's going on or is it just, you know, management and leadership talking at employees? Mm -hmm. uh, you want to encourage their activity and their participation, and really that's what's going to drive you. Um, and there's all kinds of different rewards and recognition levels, obviously. A lot of people will say sometimes all it, all it is is a thank you, 
and that does mean something to a lot of people. Um, you know, I know just from my own experience, there's a lot of times where, you know, you step up and you do stuff above and beyond and you never hear anything back. Well, then why am I spending my energy yeah, exactly. to do something? You know, you're, you're going to lose that pretty quickly. Uh, so you want to find a way to at least recognize those, those people who are engaged. Um, and if you're recognizing the ones who are engaged, it's in a way going to encourage the ones who might not be to become engaged as well. Uh, so you really want to make sure you're, you're finding those high performers and making sure they're recognized for what they're doing. It'll help them to continue doing what they're doing, and hopefully it can also help to drive some of the lower performers to step up their game as well. That's great. Casey, thanks for sharing this quick rundown of, uh, again, what probably could go on for a deeper conversation over a whole day with a company. But safety culture's big. You've consolidated the points really well. I appreciate your time. Do you have any closing thoughts on safety culture for the listeners out there? Yeah, I mean, I, I would say really it's uh, an important part of that is really kind of assessing where you're at. Um, like I said, compliance is kind of that that baseline foundation you want to build from. So really you want to take a look at where are we at as far as compliance goes? Do we have compliance covered? Because if you don't have that part covered, you're, you're not going to get to the safety culture level. Uh, so you want to make sure you have that done. And once you're there, then you can really start digging into, okay, how do we move this forward from here? How do we go from that grade of D? How do we get to a C and then an A? And then, you know, even, you know, honor roll, if you will, uh, as far as safety goes. Awesome. Thank you so much. If you'd like to uh, learn more uh, about the Hickok and Boardman Risk Management Team or connect with Casey or any of his colleagues, we have uh, two other uh, members of that team uh, here at Hickok and Boardman. We'll put their information in the show notes. Check it out. You can reach out to them and you can have a deeper conversation about your own company's safety culture or safety needs. This has been another episode of Got You Covered presented by Hickok and Boardman Insurance Group. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time.